Super Talk Mississippi media production. It's really hard to believe with the College World Series going on and baseball just wrapping up in Oxford that the Egg Bowl is, is we're ready to talk about it. We're only 12 weeks away from the start of football season. So, of course, my man Brian Scott Rippey, the good doctor, joining us here on Thunder and Lightning. Brian, when I look at this Rebel team from a season ago, on the outside looking in, obviously a lot of changes in the coaching staff, a lot of changes in personnel. We'll start at quarterback with Matt Corral, who I thought showed some flashes last year. It looks like he's a very talented young quarterback. But in the Rich Rodriguez offense that wants to run its quarterback as much as it does, how does he fit into that system? Well, I think from the limited sample size you saw last year, it was a very limited one. Um, one of the main takeaways I actually got from, from kind of his I think he may have played 50 plays last season, and that, that may be a little strong. But he was he was a more willing runner than I thought. Like he had 60 something yards in one game, and like 110 against ULM. Now, granted, like it's ULM, and 70 of that came on one play. But point being, he ran the ball, and even in Longo's offense, ran the ball intentionally more often than I thought. So I actually thought that aspect of it uh, translated better, and I think will translate pretty well to. Um, Rich Rodriguez's system. My thing is, is I haven't seen enough from him throwing the ball, and I know he's got some arm talent, but I kind of wonder about the accuracy and how he fits in throwing the ball from this system because really didn't see a ton of that in the limited action he had last year. He didn't see a ton of running either, but one thing that stuck out to me was that he actually was more of a willing runner than I originally thought he would be. This might be the first time that I can remember, maybe since Deuce McAllister was at Ole Miss, that the running back situation in Oxford looks really good and the wide receiver situation is the one that has the question marks. You know, Scotty Phillips, I think he's going to be a big player for Ole Miss. And I liked Woolard. I thought he was a, a good depth guy. Um, and then you bring in Jerry on Ely. Can the running backs carry this offense while the wide receivers, you know, I think there's some talent there with Moore and Sanders. But I think, is this going to be more of the run-heavy kind of offense that we haven't seen from Ole Miss in a long time? I think it probably will be more run-heavy than it's been in the past. I agree with Lungo and even some of Freeze. It's not exactly saying much. I mean, this is kind of the most interesting part of this team for me, because you have an all-SEC caliber back in Phillips who proved to be really good last year, because if you remember at the beginning of last year, the biggest question on offense was how are they going to place, replace Jordan Wilkins, and he did that very well. So how do they use Ely and Willard? And as far as the receivers are concerned, it's going to be a different receiver group. Like You kind of have a large slash Metcalf type of guy, and I don't mean like to their level, and Demarcus Gregory, who's kind of a bigger guy that'll go up and get balls, but then you really kind of have more so, like Miles Battle is a pretty good receiver, and then you have a speedy guy out of the slot. So like how they're used and how that kind of complements the run game will be interesting, because I think it'll be different. I think you'll get the ball out of Corral's hands quicker, particularly with Moore and Tyler Knight, some in the slot. I think they may run them some laterally. Um, kind of some more quick hitting stuff to get the ball out of Corral's hands because the offensive line is the biggest area of concern with this team, and I think they'll do anything to take pressure off of them. So, you know, I, I would think from a running back perspective, I think Phillips is still the bell cow, but I think, you know, Ely probably gets 15, 16, 17 touches a game, some of that running the ball, some of it catching out of the backfield. I'm fascinated to kind of figure out how they use that and how they balance the run in the pass. Obviously, the big problem for Ole Miss a season ago was the defense. They simply just could not stop anybody. Wesley McGriff is out. I never thought that was a good hire. I don't think that you did either. Uh, they bring in uh, Mike McIntyre from Colorado. Defensively, they should at least be better coached and better schemed. But do they have the talent to, to be better defensively? I think that's kind of the great unknown because I think you hit on the first part of it. It just sounds 
I mean, it sounds it sounds dumb, but I've said it a couple of times this off season. They're going to get lined up in the right place. They're going to know what to do most of the time, and they're going to tackle better, just kind of by default. McIntyre's a guy that's kind of known for doing a lot with a little. I mean, he won at San Jose State, which is one of the worst D1 jobs in the country, if not the worst. You know, Colorado, not exactly a powerhouse, takes him to a Pac-12 South title. His defenses are known for kind of doing a lot with a little. So, will they be better? I'm not sure. Like, they've got some nice young linebackers. they got a little bit of depth. On the defensive line, I'm not sure how their, you know, outside pass rush is going to be because that's really something that killed them last year. And then you got to replace a decent bit in the secondary. You got a couple corners coming back, but who do they replace? You know, CJ Moore at safety. Kind of how does some of that shake out? It'll be interesting. So, will they be better results wise? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't. But like, it'll look different. Like whatever result they get to will be a bit more visually appeasing than than last year. We talked about Jerion Ely for a second. Who are some new faces in Oxford that could play a big role beyond him? Um, Sam Williams is probably the best player they signed in the class, the JUCO defensive end. Um, that's a guy that kind of sticks out. Um, and then there are a couple over there, maybe young guys. I'm interested to see John Rice Plumley because I think he's got potential to be the backup quarterback. Um just because nothing I really saw from Tisdale or Ken K. Dent, even though, shout out to the Jay Raiders, um, <laughs> nothing really stuck, stuck out to me there. So, like, I think he's athletic enough to play some safety on this defense, but it's not like he's cracking a juggernaut of a depth chart. But they also kind of need a backup quarterback. So I would say those two guys definitely, um, Williams is definitely going to help them immediately on defense. I would be curious to see how they use Plumley and if he's used it all. We're talking about the last game of the season, but to me, the first game of the season is incredibly important for Ole Miss. A trip to Memphis, you know that Memphis is going to make that game their Super Bowl. It's going to be a very uh, raucous environment up there. And if Ole Miss wins that game, then they have a chance to get some momentum going. If they lose it, I don't know really know where the Rebels are going to go. For, for you, how important is it for Ole Miss to get that first win? Oh, man, that's going to be... The, it's probably one of the weirder dynamics to start a season that I can remember. It was kind of the same way last year, if you'll remember, with Texas Tech. Cause it's like if you lose to Tech, who are you going to beat coming down, like, you know, going down the stretch? But nowhere to this degree, because you're exactly right. Like, if they beat Memphis, you know, there's a path. They could carve out five, maybe six wins if things go well and they look okay. But you lose to Memphis, like, you're really beating Arkansas and Cal? Like, Maybe. I, I wouldn't bet on it. So, yeah, that game is absolutely huge for them from a momentum standpoint because if you win, you feel okay about yourself. I think I saw Memphis had opened up as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I know that's far out, but that doesn't necessarily bode well for, for, the, for the old Rebels there. So that's a huge game, and the month of September for this team is fascinating because you got Arkansas, Cal, Memphis, and, like, I can't remember who the tiny school is they're playing in between. But like, you got to win – what three of those four minimum like you got to beat two of the three of arkansas cal to have a chance and if they don't it could uh it could get fairly ugly and that fifth game i believe is against alabama right yes like it's alabama and then you get vandy after that and then the rest of the stretch is brutal so like like if they if they're hopping into tuscaloosa at like two and two or one and four i'm not i'm not liking their chances down the stretch i wouldn't either uh matt luke year three you know, first year I thought he did a fantastic job. 
Last year, I felt like they underachieved a little bit. They they sh- they could have they, they 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 lost games they should have won. Year three for him is is it a is it a year where he could be bad enough to lose his job? Is it a year where it's good enough to get everybody to get back on the bandwagon? What does Matt Luke need to do this year? <laughs> oh man, how much time do we have? So <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic because one. Actually, rode into the season with Freeze as coordinators, which I think it's fair to call that a mistake. But at the same time, you think you go through that crazy interim year; those guys helped you get the job. I, you know, I mean, you know, two days before the Egg Bowl, that entire staff was probably putting out resumes and trying to figure out where to put their house on the market. But like when you survive something like that, I think he felt some sort of depth of gratitude to him. And then, of course, the way last year went, you had to make changes. So I say that all that to say is. He hires two new coordinators. I think he made two good hires with guys that are experienced. I think he kind of put his ego aside because you think about it, something goes bad. Those are two guys that have won Coach of the Year in two different conferences. Like there's, they got interim written all over it. So I thought that took a lot of, a lot of I guess moxie and, and put his ego aside. So, and they're a really young football team. So this is kind of a regroup, rebuild year, and kind of see how it looks. But at the same time, I don't think the fan base is going to react very well if they go three and nine, two and ten. But then add on a whole other layer on top of that. Who's going to like? Who's yeah. going to make a change? You have an interim athletic director and an interim chancellor. So like, there's no like he's definitely getting a 2020. I, I, I don't foresee any scenario at all, particularly with the leadership in place or lack thereof currently, that he doesn't get one. But what happens is if you're really bad in 2019 and they hire a new guy in 2019, you got a new AD that didn't hire you. You're coming off a bad year. That leash is pretty much non-existent. So, it, but at the same time, you go six and six, five and seven or something and kind of build some momentum, then you probably got some clout. So it's a, it'll be a fascinating year, and it's, it's certainly a really important one for him. But I do think he has some wiggle room. They just can't really – they can't bomb the season, I guess is what I'm saying. The last what, four Egg Bowls in a row have been won by the road team. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the Rebels come to Oxford on Thanksgiving night uh, in a few months. So you're welcome to come to my house for uh, for turkey, though. I'll have to hold you to that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. The last four road teams. And then before that, you didn't really have one since, like, what, Eli in 03, something like state, that? State one in 10 in Oxford. And that was the only. That's right. Yeah, that's and then right. the last that's time right. the road team had won before that, you're right, was Eli's senior year in 03. So, yeah. Just, just the egg bowl, man. I'll never try to, to predict it, although we just saw it. <laughs> All right, Brian Scott Rippey, you know where to hear him on the Rebel Report at, at supertalk.fm and, of course, with me every day on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks, man. Thanks, dude. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.